Well, hello. Welcome to episode 30 of Pegasus Radio. In today's episode, we ask the question, is fear holding you back? Okay, let's dive in. So, is fear holding you back? Is fear stopping you from having the career development that you deserve? Now, I get that there are a number of reasons why people will not move jobs. And actually, I dive into all of the most common ones I hear in episode 15 of Pacers Radio. So if you've got, um, I guess, reasons why you're not looking to move jobs, even though you know deep down you probably don't want to be where you are, then probably worth listening to episode 15 where I go into some detail on all of the most common issues I hear around that. This episode, however, is very much around individuals who are genuinely fearful of moving jobs. And for me, it always boils down to two core concerns. The first is job security, and the second is, am I good enough? Can I cut it elsewhere? So I'm going to pick those two apart in this episode and hopefully give you some comfort if you are in one of those two camps, to give you some comfort around that not being a reason for you to stick in a job that you fundamentally are not happy in and are not enjoying. Okay, so job security. Now, of course, we're in turbulent times at the moment. In fact, I would argue, as a side note, we've been in turbulent times for the last three years. And, you know, has it done the industry any harm? I'm not so sure. I think everyone's ticking along nicely. Thank you. And I, I, I certainly don't get the impression that we're on the edge of a precipice um, and about to hit another recession. Obviously, I may be proved wrong, but certainly at the moment, I, I don't get that impression that we are. So I, I get people's concern that... In times like this when it's uncertain, in times when, yes, we could have a potential downturn in the future, people are concerned about being last in, first out. Now, I'm going to have to get on my soapbox here and, and, and really rant a bit to tell you that, look, I genuinely, genuinely do not believe in this last in, first out concern or theory. You know, having lived through kind of two economic cycles from a from a career perspective and certainly concentrating on 2008, 2009, I can categorically tell you that it wasn't the people who were last into a business that were the, the first ones out. The two groups of people, in my opinion, who were most affected in the last recession from a redundancy standpoint were trainees and graduates. You know, something the industry does every time. Sadly, I, th- I think we keep on pushing ourselves back a decade every time that happens. Um, but secondly, actually, probably individuals with longer tenure within a business, people who were seen as, you know, I hate the phrase, but deadwood, people who were seen as no longer um, of use to a business going forward. They were the two groups who, who got mostly affected in the last round of redundancy, 2008, 2009. And, and that included individuals who had, you know, 10, 20, 30 years service under their belt with one organization. So I, I just I just cannot stress enough how the last in, first out concern really is a myth. And if you want a much more deeper dive into that subject matter, then please do listen to episode one of Pegasus Radio, where I do go into some detail as to why it really shouldn't be a concern for you. But secondly, and I guess for the reason I've just alluded to there about the redundancies last time, staying put is hardly a way of ensuring job security either. You know, I repeat again, it was often individuals who'd been with the business a long time who were some of the ones worst affected by redundancy back in 2008, 2009. If I were you, I would look at the history of the organisation that you are in and see how they behaved last time, see how many jobs were cut last time from those organisations. 
And maybe if you're in a new organisation, I'm, I'm conscious that certainly in the QS world in London, there are, there are, there are a massive number of new startups over the, over the last um, decade, let's say. So I get that, you know, those firms didn't exist in the last recession, but the people at the helm of a lot of those businesses that you're employed in now were at the helm of some of those organisations that slashed hundreds of jobs last time. In my opinion, yes, some of them had to do it out of necessity. Others, in my humble opinion, did it so they could protect profit, so the partners could protect their level of profit and, and money they pocketed that year. I appreciate that may sound a bit severe, but genuinely whilst I get that some redundancies were needed to made in certain organisations, some, in my opinion, just, just cut way, way too heavily um, ju just to protect the interests of the existing shareholders, partners in that business. As I say, worth worth you doing a bit of a history lesson there, but suffice to say, I'm not entirely convinced that staying put is the, is the most sensible way if you're worried about job security. Now, having said all of that, Let's, for argument's sake, say that you did find yourself being made redundant uh, at some point in the in the next year or, or whenever, at some point in the future. And that could be because you moved jobs and the business you moved to suddenly had a downturn of work. It could be because you stayed put and the business you were in had a downturn of work and you found yourself being made redundant. My genuine experience, and again, harking back to 2008, 2009, my, my genuine experience is that most good individuals found work again pretty damn quickly yes it may not have always been exactly what they were looking for they may have had to make some compromises you know we are talking about the worst recession in modern times in terms of you know across the whole globe so so you know extenuating circumstances um but even those individuals even in that time i would say the vast majority of good individuals found a job often they found a job exactly what they wanted to do Others maybe found a job that was a bit of a compromise, but ended up getting back to where they wanted to go in, in not too short a period of time. We are in an industry at the moment where there are huge skill shortages. Those skills shortages are not getting any better. In fact, they're getting worse. What does that mean? It means that if you're good, then you will always be employed. You know, Talking about the disciplines I recruit, QS, PM, and building surveyors, I would say all of those two disciplines will continue to be in demand, even in periods of... Um, economic uncertainty just because there's not enough of you to go around so you know i hope that gives you some comfort that genuinely good individuals will not struggle to find employment i think i think you have to all be careful not to listen to the rhetoric maybe coming out of some employers mouths at the moment um i was speaking to a good individual the other day a chartered qs in their late 20s and to paraphrase, he was essentially saying that the senior management of the firm he was employed by, which was one of the, I guess, independent QS consultancies in London, was pretty much, as I say, to paraphrase, I repeat, was pretty much saying, you should be grateful you've got a job at the moment because it's so tough out there and you'd be in trouble if, if we did not continue to employ you. And frankly, what a load of rubbish that is at the moment. You know, that kind of bracket of individual, your kind of senior QS chartered in their kind of late 20s, early 30s type area. My goodness, those individuals are in such, such demand at the moment still in London. And so for any any organisation to try and intimate to individuals at that level that they should be grateful to have a job is it, frankly laughable. And I can't believe they could say it with a straight face to, to, to their uh, team because it's just, it's just absolute rubbish. Um you know, I would still say, and I'm a great barometer for the market in terms of what I do, that it's still bloody busy out there 
I'm certainly very busy with clients looking to recruit. And if they're looking to recruit, that means that they're confident about the future going forward in terms of workload. And again, all of that said, all of what I've said all through this so far, this episode, one question I'll always come back to is, is it still worth it? If you are unhappy and you are not satisfied in what you're doing in the company you're at, even if you, even if I accept that some of your concerns may, may, may have some validity in your mind about that, is it still worth it for the sake of staying in a job that you fundamentally hate? Or is it worth taking a little bit of a risk and going, I'm going to move to another business where I feel I'm going to be happier and we'll just see what happens uh, in, ter- in, terms of, in terms of the wider economy? Because again, I repeat again, I, I don't think staying put where you are necessarily should give you um, comfort around job security either. I would say surely much better to take your own um, uh, your, your own destiny in your hands, go to an organisation that you want to be in and see see where that goes from there. Okay, so point two is people are genuinely concerned that they are not good enough to cut it in another organisation. Often my, I guess my response to anybody I speak to like that um, is you're doing a job. You're doing a job that is, you know, frankly, from one business to another, I would say that the day job is probably 80-90% the same from one company to another. What's different between companies is the culture and the environment that they're in and and, and I guess a few other factors, but certainly the day job, day-to-day. So if you're a chartered QS doing a, you know, doing a job with one consultancy in London, Leeds, Birmingham, wherever it may be, if you're to move to another consultancy, then I can assure you that the job, generally speaking, will be the same from one to another. So if you're cutting and doing a good job in one organization, what makes you think you can't do the same in another organization? And even if, let's say, you, you, you have some genuine concerns about that, let me just give you some stats. So I've been recruiting for 20 years. I can still count on one hand the amount of times people I've placed have not got through their probationary period. So that's, you know, literally less than 1% of the individuals I've placed in the last um, in, in the last 20 years of recruiting. Less than 1% did not survive their probation. And often there was, there, were, there were very much extenuating circumstances why they didn't do as well. Um, often they were just in a difficult place in their own lives at the time as much as anything else, as opposed to, as opposed to them just not cutting it, not being, not being capable enough. It just happens so, so infrequently that I think, again, it's, it's to some extent somewhat of an irrational fear. Now, there is a danger that you can, you can be a little bit institutionalized. You kind of work for one organization too long and you can be really fearful that, you know, going out to a big wide world where, you know, people will do things vastly differently to where you are. Again, I, I, I just I just don't think it really is the case. You know, I think you probably need to speak to some kind of ex-colleagues who've maybe moved on from your organization to understand how they've got on, to understand how their journey was outside of that organization. I'm sure you'll find that as much as they may have had a first rocky three months, and again, if you want to listen to another episode on that, I forget the episode number, but I've I've done one called the three months roller coaster. Really worth a listen to because you know, most people have doubts when they move within the first three months of new employment about whether they've made the right choice. The reality is nine times out of ten, in fact, probably ninety-nine times out of a hundred, they have made the right choice. It's just that kind of first three months roller coaster and the fears that they have from that. But I repeat again, look, if you're a standalone professional doing a good job in one organization then surely if you go to one of their major competitors why would it be vastly different why couldn't you cut it within one of those organizations as well and i guess the most logical counter argument even if that's something you are genuinely fearful of is 
are you saying then that you will stay in that organization for the remainder of your career? Because that's logically the only other option. If you if you genuinely fear that you can't cut it elsewhere, then the only other logical assumption to that is, right, well, I've got to stay where I am for my entire career. Well, if you're unhappy and you don't feel you're progressing at the pace that you would like to progress, then surely that just must be depressing to think about. Well, I'm going to stay in one job for the rest of my life, even though I know I'm not happy here. Again, I would personally say, take your destiny in your own hands, you know, take a bit of leap of faith and go and see what happens. Going back to my original point, probably much earlier on in this episode, good people will always find employment within the construction of property sector at the moment. Most disciplines are under-resourced. There are not enough new people coming into the industry. There are too many, uh, too many people retiring, leaving the industry. There are not enough people in the industry. It is a great time to be in most construction and property professions. You would find something. So even if you left a job that you disliked, you moved to another job, and for whatever reason it didn't work out, then look, I promise you, you'd find another job. It is not, it is not, it is not that difficult to get another job for somebody who is talented and good at what they do, have a credible CV, have got the right badges in terms of qualification, etc. It really is not that difficult. Okay, I think that's me done. This has been a bit of a rambly one. I do apologise, but please. Do not let fear over job security or your own ability be enough to stop you. I repeat again, good individuals will always find employment. That's been the case forever and will continue to be so. Again, I hark back to 2008-2009. Most good individuals I know found something very quickly and that was in what has been described as one of the worst economic times for the globe in, the, I believe, the, you know, the last 100 years. It really was massive and yet pretty much every good person i know found something quickly the ones who took a little bit longer um again found something relatively quickly so just to reassure you do not let do not let fear stop you and certainly do not let fear let you stay in an organization that fundamentally you are unhappy in and again just just lastly one thing i would say is that again harking back to you know kind of the the kind of next five years after 2008 2009 recession those, in my opinion, who were brave, who moved to um, more ambitious organisations were the ones who, in my opinion, fast-forwarded their career more, as opposed to those who actually stayed out of fear in an organisation who was giving ridiculous rhetoric about, about you know, you should be grateful for your, your job, all that kind of rubbish. A lot of those individuals ended up stagnating and kind of staying at the same level for a long time, whereas the ones who were braver and made that move because they knew they needed to be in a better business were the ones who advanced quicker, in my opinion, over the, over the next five to ten years. Okay, that's been a bit of a rambly one. I do apologise. Um, I hope it's been useful. And, you know, again, if, if anybody listening to this does have one of those genuine fears and wants to talk it through with me in, in more detail than I've gone into in this podcast, then please do reach out to me, drop me a line. And we can talk it through. Okay, cheers, bye.